0: Welcome back to the Moms That Lead podcast. This is episode number eight, and I am so happy to have you here. I want to start off with a story about when I was getting ready for this podcast. I had to laugh a little bit and then maybe cry a little bit when I read over a post that I did about this topic pre-pandemic. It started out with me talking about how it was Monday morning and I was frazzled about all the activities that I had to get through that week. Work activities, carpool responsibilities, self-care intentions. My, how times have changed. No longer do I necessarily have those carpool responsibilities. The kids' activities are significantly less than they were at that point when I wrote that post. I'm sure you're probably in the same boat. The thing is, the need for the skills that we're talking about today hasn't changed. Whether you're in the situation where you're busier than you've ever been at work due to downsizing, or if maybe on the flip side, you're wondering how you can fill the hours in another day now that your activities outside your home have been severely reduced as we all try to get the pandemic under control. The skills of prioritization and establishing habits are skills that let us live days on purpose instead of just going through the motions. Not only that, but as I recently experienced, they are skills that can help us get in motion when uncertainty and disappointment have us feeling, like I did, that I'd rather just crawl into bed and let the world pass me by. Prioritization and habits are skills that are part of the ground phase of our leadership development path. They help you get ready for your next growth spurt as a leader and make that growth more manageable. So if you're in the ground phase, focusing on identifying or redefining your purpose and leadership vision, then this episode is for you. By the end of this episode, you will have simple steps that you can take to make progress on filling your days with what is most important so that your unique strengths, passion, and values can shine through. Or at the very least, you'll have steps to help you take that next small step in the right direction. If you're ready, let's get to it. But first, the intro. Hey there, are you ready to jump off the hamster wheel and finally listen to that voice inside that says you were meant for more? Are you ready to replace overwhelm with calm and clarity, self-doubt with confidence, and mom guilt with connection? Then you're in the right place. I made this podcast just for you. Welcome to the Moms That Lead podcast, where we know that moms have a unique ability to be world changers, and that leadership is not about position. But instead, just like John Quincy Adams said, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, then you are a leader. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor, determined to bring you the inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to help you live your best life. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder. My family's journey to completing an Ironman triathlon changed my life forever. And I want to be your friend on the journey to gain the clarity, confidence, and connection that I gained from that experience. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Okay, a brief prelude for those who are listening in real time in July of 2020. Let's get real. These times are hard. You might have seen the title and thought, she has got to be kidding me. Talking about prioritization and habits when I have no idea of what tomorrow will bring? Will cases rise tomorrow? Or can I even trust the data I'm seeing? Are schools going to open? Believe me, I hear you. And to you, I would say the phrase that kept me going this past weekend, just do the next right thing. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard Sarah and me talking about doing the next right thing. But to be honest, the value of that statement didn't really hit me until this past weekend when I got to a place, again, that I was overwhelmed with not knowing when this thing is going to end and struggling to see much light at the end of the tunnel. I felt down about the things that we had to cancel, like our annual backpacking trip that we planned seven months ago, and I also felt down on myself for feeling down given that we're still healthy and things could be so much worse. I felt deeply discouraged by the disagreements in our society and the division that is permeating even close friendships. And so, just do the next right thing became my mantra all weekend. And not only did it get me through, it led to a memory with my daughter that I'm sure will bring a smile to my face for a long time to come. But more about that later. Just do the next right thing. Sometimes that's all we can do no matter how much we'd prefer, to have the answers and the calendars that we can control. The thing is, just doing the next right thing requires prioritization. You have to know what right is. And habits make doing the next right thing easier, if they're habits that were set because you determined your priorities first. So I encourage you to join me for the rest of this episode, regardless of if your act of prioritization is just going to help you take the next right step Or if you're at a place where you're able to make the big long-term decisions or strategic plans for your leadership journey. Okay, end to the prelude. Now we're all back on the same page, regardless of if you're listening to this during a pandemic or if you're not. So let's start with prioritization. If you take nothing else from this podcast, please take this. Saying that we don't have enough time is a myth. Even when everything is opened back up, it's not about the time we don't have. It's about the choices that we make about what to do with the time that we do have. I love the quote by Laura Vanderkam to drive this point home. She says, instead of saying I don't have time, try saying it's not a priority and see how that feels. Oh, that hits home for me. I don't know about you. We all know we should prioritize but I didn't really know the power of it until a couple of years ago when my husband and I both trained and completed a full Ironman. I know I've talked about it before, but I bring it up again to tell you that my biggest learning from the experience had nothing to do with my ability to swim, bike, and run. But instead, it was the realization that if something is important enough, you can and will make the time to do it. Fitting in 12 to 20 hours a week of training is not easy, especially when traveling 25 to 50% for my job, leading teams of employees, raising two young kids, and trying to get enough rest and be a decent wife. How did I do it? I had to prioritize. Yes, my house might have been a little bit dustier than usual during that time. Okay, a lot dustier than usual. But after I saw how I could make room in my life for a commitment that took that much time, I knew that prioritization was a very powerful tool. So how do you do it? Any good time management guru will direct you to start with your values and goals. But not all will talk about the different ways to make that happen based on the unique personality of your family. So that's what we're going to do today. First, as a leader, I think it's very important that you're clear on what your own strengths, passions, and values are. I know from personal experience how difficult this can be, which is why I'm keeping our Reset with Purpose mini course free at momsthatlead.com forward slash reset. In it, you'll find short videos paired with step-by-step worksheets to help you gain clarity and ground yourself so that prioritization becomes easier. And I'm available if you'd like to dig in a little bit deeper. You can sign up for a free 30-minute session with me at any time by going to momsthatlead.com forward slash connect. As an example of how important it is to be aware and clear of your purpose, if we go back to last weekend, as I was saying my mantra to do the next right thing and trying to focus on that, my values of faith and respect directed me toward shifting my focus off of myself and baking cupcakes with my daughter. It ended with a little bit of a mess in the kitchen, but more important were the smiles and the words that came out of her mouth when we were done. She said with a big smile on her face, that was fun, mom. That may seem small, but that statement means a lot to me and I'm sure will live on my memory for a long time. Once you have the clarity on your own values and purpose as a leader, you can move on to the family. Defining your family's values is all about listing out what is most important to each member. You could even go through the reset with purpose exercises with each family member or as a family together, you basically want to get the answers to the questions, what do you stand for? What brings you the most joy? What types of experiences do you want more of in your life? What are your family goals? There are a couple of approaches that you can take with your family. First of all, the structured approach. You could go through the worksheets that I mentioned together as a family. Doing Good Together, the organization that Sarah is with from last week's podcast, also has some awesome resources that can take you through asking questions with your family and writing down something that will help you remember the conversation. Check out their tool to create a family mission statement and reinforce it with a weekly family meeting. I'll put that in the show notes that you'll be able to find at momsthatlead.com forward slash podcast forward slash the number eight. The structured approach can be great for many families. However, if I'm being completely honest, the personalities in my family don't necessarily lend themselves well to us all sitting around a table and having a family meeting. So we use a less structured approach. Here's what we do. If you've listened to any of my other podcasts, you know that my purpose is to help others discover and use their unique God-given gifts. Without even talking about it much, that really flows into our family decisions we naturally have a preference for activities that help us and others in our community to be their best and develop their unique God-given gifts. This includes activities that help us to be healthy and challenge ourselves to be the best that we can be. We also prioritize activities that help us guard time for our family so that we can grow and have fun together. So we have our starting place, even if it's not written down anywhere. From there, it's a bit of trial and error for us. We try out different activities and watch to see what we're learning from them and how much fun they are. Using our purpose, we use the following questions to decide where an activity fits on our priority list. The questions we ask are, will it help us develop our gifts or become better people? Is it gonna be fun? Will it help us grow closer as a family? If the answer is no, then we won't add it to our calendar or to our priority list. Also, we use these questions if we need to remove something from our schedule. Everything is not always clear-cut, but the questions can help. Even when we have uncertainty about what activity and school schedules will look like and we're in the the do-the-next-right-thing mode, these questions help us to prioritize activities that help our family to be the best that we can be at that particular moment in time. So that covers steps one and two. Step one is to gain clarity about your purpose and your family's purpose and step two is to create questions that you can use to decide about which activities should be highest on your priority list. Then step three is the fun one, the one that isn't necessarily my favorite. It's about saying no to activities that aren't priorities. When I said earlier that saying that we don't have enough time is a myth, I didn't mean that we have time to do everything, which means that we'll likely have to say no to something. We'll spend more time on this in another episode, but you can use the questions created in step two to get you started. If you have an activity in front of you that doesn't give you an answer of yes to your questions, you likely need to say no to that activity. A couple of quick tips for saying no come from Brene Brown, and I'll share the link to her article in the show notes. But some of my favorite points from the article are, first, give your answer in a timely manner. Whether it's to your kids or someone else, this shows that you respect them. Much more than saying yes when you really should be saying no, by the way. And second, use your priorities that you just defined to explain why you're saying no. So on to our final step. Step number four is to establish habits that make sure you continue to allot time for those activities that you've prioritized. One of my favorite books on establishing habits is James Clear's Atomic Habits. We'll talk more about that in future episodes, but there are two ideas that I want to call out especially if you're living in a time with a high level of uncertainty. First, James talks about starting small with habits. In fact, his belief in the power of small changes consistently made is why the title of his book is Atomic Habits. So for example, if you've decided as a family to prioritize exercise in your lives, start with the smallest action that you know that you can repeat consistently. Maybe that's walking 10 minutes a day, Maybe that's doing 10 push-ups each day. The consistency is much more important than the scope or scale of the action when you're trying to establish habits on the journey to become the leader you want to become. Pick something that is fun and that you can repeat. Second, James talks about using a statement that researchers call an implementation intention. It's basically speaking about the trigger to your habit out loud. This powerful but simple tool goes like this. Let's use the exercise example again. Don't just say you're going to exercise every day, but say when, where, and how you're going to exercise. This puts more context around your intention to implement something new. So for example, something that I just did because I've been having some struggle sticking with my fitness routine is I decided that when I take my daughter to swim practice, I will ride my bike for 30 minutes. Now again, that's something small, but that's something I can repeat. And I have said the when, when my daughter goes to swimming. I have also said the where and the how. Implementation intentions can be used at work, too. Say you want to start a habit of prioritizing based on your team's annual goals. You know, those goals that sometimes we might write in December, January, or March, and then we look at them again when it is time for our annual performance reviews. Hopefully you're not like that, but I know that sometimes... And often that can be the case. So anyway, let's say that you wanted to change that and you wanted to start a habit to help you change that. So a habit that you might use written with an implementation intention might be each morning, right after you turn on your computer, you will reread your team's annual goals and list three small tasks that you must complete that day to make progress on them. So there you have the when, right after you turn on your computer, the where, at work, and the how, listing the three small tasks. Also, as much as we may dislike meetings, they can also help with implementation intentions. For example, say that your team wants to have a renewed focus on customer satisfaction. Maybe you set up monthly meetings to review customer data and highlight one or two success stories and review actions you committed to at the last customer data meeting. As long as the meeting agenda is tied to a specific priority and everyone knows the connection, it can really be a great tool for establishing a habit. Again, it has the three critical parts of the implementation intention. You know when you're going to do it, you know where you're going to do it, and you know how you're going to do it. That meeting on your calendar sets that all up for you. Implementation intentions take the decision-making and excuses out of the equation, making it easier to stay consistent with the activities that you want to prioritize. Even when much is uncertain, there are daily things that happen in our life that we can use as triggers, even if that's an alarm clock that we set earlier than we'd like to. So there you have it, the four steps to take control of your leadership journey, even in uncertain times. To review, number one, Ground yourself and your family by gaining clarity on your purpose, vision, and goals. You may do that in a structured way, or you may be a little bit more ad hoc with it. Number two, create questions that you can use to help you determine if activities should be high on your priority list. Number three, use those questions to learn when to say no. And number four, start habits that help you to take the excuses and the decision-making out of keeping consistent with what you have decided to prioritize. Okay, so who's with me? Who is ready to put a little time in this week, either to establish your priorities or to start a new habit? That's my challenge for you. Either, if you're in a situation where all you can do right now is just focus on taking the next right step, I encourage you to think what right means. Use the tools that we've provided to help define what your purpose and your values are, and that will help you to bring more meaning to taking the next right step. Or if you're past that and you're pretty well grounded in what your purpose is, I encourage you to think about one small habit that you can implement in these seven days until we're back together again. I'm excited to hear what changes you're able to make in your life by just taking on that one small habit. Be sure to connect with us over on Instagram at We Are Moms That Lead or Facebook at Moms That Lead and let me know how things are going. This is critically important. You were made with a unique purpose in this world. And no matter what situation we're in, no matter what's happening in the world around us, we need you to make steps forward to share that purpose including those strengths, values, and passions with the world. So I hope that you will take some time to take on these challenges that I've given today. The world needs you to do it. The world needs your purpose. Until next time, lead with love.